out, we'll come out, we'll come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. Reporting from Sean Atley's Garbage Bin, we have Quiv. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Good to have you on. Also tonight, recently released from Zondor's Fortress in the Tibetan Wilderness, we have Nate Seven and Jay-Z. Welcome. Evening. Good to have you on. And reporting from the Coca-Cola headquarters in Sydney, we have Bonds. Welcome. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Good to have you on. So we'll start straight up with thumbs up, thumbs down. So my thumbs up firstly will be the Sydney Hawk crowd, and they were just wonderful in clapping Roughhead last Friday night, which was fantastic. And my second thumbs up will be the form of Lucky McDonald, not just off the field apparently, he's got smoking hot misses apparently, as well as his form, which has been superb of late. My first thumbs down will be Basil confusing Leon Cameron for the Bulldogs coach, and then proceeding to state how important the Dogs' goals were for Leon. And my second thumbs down would have to be the onset of mental health issues for Yaron. So I wish him all the best. So, Quiv, what were your positives and negatives? Uh, just the one of each for me. And I'm going to keep banging on about this every week until it changes. Andrew frickin' Swallow, again, kicking to the wrong end of the go- uh, ground. Come home to the North Melbourne cheer squad and in the last quarter, please. Someone at the club has to be listening to this. Deliver the message to him. It's ridiculous. Um, that's obviously a thumbs down. My thumbs up is I finally got my 2007 away jumper. Uh, a lovely North Melbourne board poster got in contact with me during the week and sold me on and I, I'm bloody wrapped. Good stuff. How about yourself, Jay-Z? Um, my thumbs up firstly was um, LT's interview. I think most people have probably seen it. It was a, a fantastic interview, especially for a guy who could barely look people in the eye when he talked to them when he first came to the club. It was Great to hear him talk really positively about all the, the work he's done with the huddle and what Indigenous Round means to him. Um, and the other being Indigenous Round is is having Wellesley back and having him actually play in this round for the first time in, I reckon, two or three years. Um, I don't really have any thumbs down this week. All pretty good. It's good to hear. How about yourself, mate? So I'll just go with the two positives this week and the one negative. So the two positives, obviously, we're, you know, we're undefeated, so that's the first one. The second one is... Brad Scott coming out and lambasting the AFL or the Rules Committee or whoever they happen to be this week under what acronym or, or term, saying that why would you pretend it's a new rule when it's really not? It's been a rule that's been there since I don't know when with regards to um, interpretations of uh, rush behinds and a few other things that he did mention in his press conference this week. They're just more, it's more of an emphasis is what the AFL had and the, um, the AFL umpires department had and Brad Scott was right in in that was it was an emphasis and I don't know why the AFL liked to pretend that yeah. so it was good on Brad Scott for bringing that and that's my second positive um, my negatives um, would have to be the injury list and how it's going and uh, it, it doesn't really seem to be making any headway there and, and um, it almost seems to be that some players if they're listed at 12 to 14 weeks or 8 to 10 they seem to stay there for week in week out and I'm really starting to wonder what's really happening at, at North Melbourne Football Club. But um, that's probably all for pos and negatives for me, Kanga. 
Thanks for that, Nate. And how about yourself, Bonds? Um, main positive this week for me has to be Gary Rowan's return last weekend. Um, I didn't expect him to come back and then make that much of an impact. It's always good to see players coming back from injury. And the other positive will have to be the community's reaction to the latest news about Jared Ruffhead and all the support. The Being at the game at the MCG last week, the second minute of the second quarter, was really fantastic seeing everyone off their feet applauding. The, neg- the negatives, obviously Chris Yaron. Um, that's shocking to hear about in any aspect and any time. And the other negative would be Ted Richards being out yet again. With concussion, yeah. It's a, it's a dangerous thing to have. Second concussion in a few weeks now, so it's a bit yeah. worrying. Well, it's gone to the stage with our own Lockie Hanson that he's still... He got knocked out a number of weeks ago from a bit of a dog hit, and he still hasn't recovered. He's been knocked out that many times. He's, yeah, it's not going to end well for him, his career. So... Anyway, we'll move straight on to the club discussion now. So, not much more positive with the Kane Turner DUI, but there are some positives with the club embracing Indigenous round, We're getting a few of the older Indigenous boys around the club. But firstly, we'll focus on the Kane Turner DUI. So, club has decided to spend Turner for four matches after his injury recovery has been completed. So, was this just a stupid mistake by Turner, Quiv? Yeah, it was. Um... I don't know the full details of it. Uh, he's obviously a young kid. He's just done a stupid thing. He's made a stupid mistake. Uh, it could have been a very grave mistake. Thankfully, it wasn't. Um, but he'll learn from it, and I don't don't see it happening again, that's for sure. And I think the club's done really well with their punishment and um, the fact that it's after his rehab's completed, I think that's really good. Yeah. Was the punishment correct, Nate? You have that same impression? Um. I, I think so, but um, I just want to sort of harp on a few things that have been really um, the front of mind with a lot of people in the, on the North Northern Big Footy Board, people talking about, you know, where was his brother and what was he doing, where was his family. We understand that, being that Kane Turner is a professional footballer and he is an adult, he can fend for himself. Um, and I know a lot of people would like to remove the family from because we all know with, you know, Magic Door and a few other things how... The families don't want to be brought into it, whether it's North Melbourne or St Kilda or Collingwood or Carlton or, you know, name your club. Um, I think we sort of more leave it to the player um, and the owners and the decision is on them. Um, was it right? Um, look, I will say that I'm of the vintage, OK, not like a Horace and not like a Twinkle Toes and a few others where in the 1980s and the 1990s where, you know, the, the DUI was quite, it was, it was the norm. It was, it was the done thing. It doesn't make it right, but at the same time, we're talking about a guy who's on his P-plates and he blows a high-range limit in the state of Victoria, um, which I think from memory is over 0.15 or 0.180s or whatever the, the hell the limit is these days. Or whatever. Anyway, it, it just changes from week to week depending on the government. But um, you're on your P-plates. You, surely you know that triple zero is your BAC. And you stick to that. So you, if you're going to have a drink, you either plan ahead or you go, oh, okay, well, I'll take a bus, taxi, sleep the night, whatever. Is the limit, going back to your question, K4, is that, is his, um, four weeks? Well, I don't know. I, I think it's, look, it is a little bit weird for me. It's, it's really strange for me considering his injury. And I would have probably given a little bit more, but some people will say a little bit less. It'll be interesting to see if it is actually four weeks. Because I, Noticed in the um, the Thomas interview, he said something on the lines of he'll get back and play some good footy for us, not this year, but next year. So, a bit longer, so, you reckon? Yeah, 
I think that they say, you know, he's got four weeks, but he's going to have to do something special to to get back in the side after that four weeks. Well, he, he wasn't going to walk straight back in as 22 anyway. I don't well, think. that's the thing. But by the time the suspension is up, we'd likely have Higgins back anyway. So. Or have Anderson Garner back. Like, that's our small forwards back. He's basically going to miss his window. It's a yeah, he is a well, he is a, a player who's on the fringe. Let's be honest, and you know, from his last couple of years, he's been he was okay, but this year he's it's almost like he's gone backwards. Oh, I don't know. Or maybe other guys have gone past him, but at the same time, he would be pushing shit uphill to be back in what eight weeks. Um, given if you look at the the injury list and those guys, if they come back as as what is there as stated, so say maybe Jay Z, you're right there. You know, he looks forward to coming back at the end of the year, if not, you know, next year. But who knows? Mm, interesting. Anyway, we'll move on to something a bit more positive with this week being Indigenous Round. So North's been celebrating and embracing Indigenous Round with a passion. So firstly, with the Indigenous flags being put onto the Arden Street Oval. And secondly, with some old heads returning, like Byron Pickett, Barry Cable, Cracker Brothers, just some of the stars to come back to share their love for the club and showing some pride for their people. Lindsay Thomas, as Jay-Z just touched on earlier, was, gave a great, or Lindsay Thomas just gave a great interview, and he showed a lot of pride in the club and his people, which was fantastic. And lastly, the Indigenous club jumper was revealed, and it is to be worn tomorrow night. So what do you think of the jumper, Jay-Z? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's hard to um, sort of keep it fresh every year. You know, there's certain themes that you can sort of work off, but... I've always liked it. All the different versions that we've done over the last couple of years I've found quite good. I haven't actually got one yet. But oh, you got to get I've one. Got, I've got limited um, funds for jumpers, unlike Quiv, who buys everything. <laughs> I must say, I, this is my favourite of the Indigenous jumpers. It's probably my third favourite jumper of all. I, I absolutely love it. Your first is the orange one, eh? Of all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My first is the one we wore last weekend. Mm-hmm. The blue, the blue clash. Yeah, I love it. That's my favorite. Yeah, I love that one. My favorite at the moment is the the '96 20 year edition. Oh, that's a good one. I'm loving that. It's a great one. So, Bonds, how has Sydney approached Indigenous Round? Well, we've basically we've pumped out at Lance Franklin and the media a little bit this week. There has obviously also been a bit of talk about the O'Loughlin Adam Goods medal to be given out to the best and fairest this week and usual parade of our jumper, which we bring out every year that Adam Goods' mother designed a few years ago. Yeah, okay. How long has that medal been going? It's first year. First year, So it's going to be handed out every time the Indigenous round match for the Swans is played at the SEG. Uh, okay. So it's just Indigenous ground at home, not away games. Correct. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. So who who initiated that? initially like was that happened last year or it happened after Goose's retirement until it was announced I think it was late last year okay anyway we'll move straight on to the VFL I know Nate's got a lot to say so I'll just leave him to it well if you're going to give me 10 minutes and I'll leave it to all of you including Bonds to just you know converse with me here and just don't let me babble for you know the next 23 hours straight but um, I will start by saying that next week where we do um, have the buy as do most clubs. As far as I know, there's only one VFL game next week. That's uh, Richmond and someone, but someone can jump in while they're looking at that because I'm looking at something else at the moment. Um, from the stats and from the, the best that the guys have been given, 
I know last year I said this, and this year I will reiterate some of the stuff that goes on. And this actually happened in the Big 40 VFL thread where someone said, are these stats legit? And also, how can these best be whatever happened because what we watched online or on TV or whatever, that's not the case. And I will reiterate, whoever's doing the best is um, not quite right. Uh, in the opinion of myself and a number of people, I would not have had uh, the six as listed on the VFL website or on the North Melbourne website. I certainly would have had uh, young uh, Wilson Hansen from uh, all the Werribee listed players in, in the top five, top six. Uh, Bruce Black. Door. I don't know how Wagner was in there, but uh, he did have a good game. Fordham is an interesting one because he was actually touted as, being, as having an excellent game. Stats-wise, yes, but if you look at his... I don't know if there's a stats for fumbles or um, kicks that you should have made that you really fucked up stat or goals that, you know, you're five metres out, magic door style, and you really fuck up. But Will Fordham has done a lot of that. Even though you might have got about 30-odd disposals, he had a lot of clangers for the day. Um, but still, How did you rate him defensively? Um, next question. Does that okay. say a lot? Okay. I, I, I asked because I, there was a similar, you know, there was an article on the North website a couple of weeks ago about Mason focusing on the defensive side, and that's obviously a directive from the coaching panel, and there was a similar article about Fordham, I think, this week or last week. So. Well, it's funny because some of the setups that he had on the defensive side of um, of the circle, and I'm not sure exactly what you're, you're getting at. If you're talking about sort of defensive... If you're talking about like a Robin Nahas, like a, a defensive forward, is that what you're talking about? No, not, not in terms of a defensive role, but in terms of, you know, pressure acts and tackles and trying okay, to keep that up. Was that, there. Yeah, that was there. Um, and a few of the other guys, that was certainly there. But um, I would say with his freewheeling acts, it was he was given a different directive this week. He was It was back yourself in. It was, you know, you've almost got free reign is what it looked like. Um and the amount of times did bolt through the, the centre square and just go hell for leather, and it'd be almost unmatched um, on speed to speed. It, there was no way anyone was going to match him um, unless someone had the mouth of Hugh Goddard, which I want to get to, from St Kilda, who was apparently, I'm told, a top 10 pick. And Philly and I... Sorry, top 20, was he? Yeah. Okay. Well, if only his acts on the field could back that up, and I'm talking about legitimate AFL, I'm not talking about strangling skills, and I'm not talking about, you know, punching someone in the head skills, and that would be great. Some of the stuff that he did was disgusting, as was some of the comments from the St Kilda Sandringham crowd, and I am a resident of that area, unfortunately. As, yeah, and Philly is the same, and there was a half-time melee brawl, sorry, melee, got to be careful, you know, who knows who's listening to this. And Philly asked me what happened. It was all to do with a few comments to um, one or two North Melbourne listed players and a, call it a choke or a headlock, and then a 50 and a goal was given. And then a melee ensued after that. Hugh Goddard, a guy called Craneborg, I think his name is, I'm pretty sure he's the number four or the vice captain from Sandy, and surname Simpkin, no relation to another one from another team. And apparently all of the Sandringham spectators said, oh, I bet that's that kid Simpkin in it again because he loves to go at it. And that is fucking typical. And that's, there's a few things that happened. I'm not going to really go into it that far. Apart from that, do, sorry, Bruce Dorr 
Black playing up the ground, Black even playing at the half-back at one point, had a really good game. Uh, Fordham, yeah. The hardest thing, I think, for some of the key position defenders was being one out or being one-on-one. Nielsen was one. Um, I think Vickers will have struggled a little bit, but it might come down to a support role. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, the exact sort of comments and the coaching comments that were given to them by John Lamont and whoever else, but I think that uh, maybe they struggled a bit. But, again, I don't know what instructions they were given. So only on face value of what I saw can I say, and a number of other people, they really looked out of sorts. But then again, they are coming back from long injuries. Uh, other than that, the boys went down by a long way. It was a four-five goal breeze to the northern end, and um, yeah, they didn't make the most of it. And uh, the most of the VFL have the week off next week, which is probably good for them. But anyway, that's all. Without going on for the next twenty-three and a half hours, that's it for me for the VFL. Thanks for that, Nate. In terms of questions this week, there's quite a few. So once again, I'll start with Nate again, and this is from my old mate Gasso, who asks you. Does the small size SCG disadvantage our tall forward structure? No, because I I do think that they are not in Sydney. I don't think that they are in it. I think they have the skill set and I think they have um, a range of things that can help them beyond that. I think to say that it's, you know, whether it's a Hobart or Blundstone, which is one of the longest grounds in, in the world, okay, in Australia, whatever, and then you look at the SCG and that's quite small comparatively. Yep. I, I don't think that there's going to be an issue whatsoever. I think it really comes down to the structures and how they set up, and they're footy smarts, really. So um, if it's down to the three tools, and if that's going to affect them the size-wise, no, I don't think so. Thanks for that. Quiv, Donkey Chop has got a few brief ones for you to answer, so you're right to go. Still uh, yes, yes, I am. No worries. The first one. If Goldie goes full mega dick, can the Swans win? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, nobody can beat Goldie at full mega dick. Um, that's just a silly question, Donkey Chop. <laughs> just a little silly. <laughs> uh, no worries. Next one. If Buddy goes full Bud Fabulous, or whatever that is, can North win? <laughs> um, well, he's gone Bud Fabulous on us at least once before, um as I'm sure we all remember, and we sure my memory. didn't win. Um, um, so, I, no, I don't think we can, but I think we, I don't think he's going to have the ability to go bud fabulous uh, with uh, the likes of Tarrant down there to stop him. Yeah, it's interesting if you go to Tarrant. Anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. Anyway, we'll get right on. So, Jay-Z, Taz asks you, is Hanson and Wright in our best 22, structure-wise? At this stage, uh, I think it's two different answers. I think Hanson, no. I think Ferrito, Taz, and Thompson are working very, very well as a threesome. Um, <laughs> giggity. <laughs> Holy hell! <laughs> um, and when we did play the four last year, I think we looked too tall in the back half. And at this stage, I no respect to Lockie. Sorry, no disrespect to Lockie, but I don't see how he gets back in. Uh, right, I actually do. I know a lot of people weren't sure on him coming back this week, but I think he certainly um, still has a good role down there. He's a very good defender, and I'm happy to see him back. Well, it's his intercept marking and the fact that he's dual-footed actually helps us quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, the more you know, good disposal we can get down the back, the better, considering our game plans. So I'm yeah. all for Righty coming back. 
also allows McKenzie and McMillan to push up a little bit more up the wing, and it allows Atley actually to run a bit further and not get caught out like sometimes he does. We'll yep. go into this further in the pre-game stuff, but we don't see uh, Sam Wright playing a lockdown role uh, to replace Jacobs. Maybe. No, but I do see him playing a lockdown role on one of their forwards. Yeah, definitely. Something like an intercept type, maybe like what McMillan's been doing of late. A bit more for lockdown role. We'll go into that a bit later. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll get into it later. So I'm not sure if Nate's back from his dunny break. But, um, yeah, mate, I'm here. No worries. <laughs> uh, how did you... This is from one of our esteemed posters. How did you assess Cunnington's year and how would the omission of Jacobs through injury affect him for the next few months? Would he be more defensive-oriented? Hang on, who's that from? Because I reckon this is... This sounds like a Jay-Z question from about a week or two ago. Maybe. Is it? No, it's one this week. week. <laughs> it's well, worded different. Well, who asked me this? Because I want to know, because then I'll word it differently depending on... Or I'll answer it differently depending on who's asking. Oh, it's your old mate, Jay-Z. What? That's not. Isn't it? You, no, that wasn't my question this week. All right, let me have a look then. <laughs> go, go, uh, well, anyway, and I'll, I'll see who he oh, did. You'll, you'll answer it and correct me midway. So, um, how do I rate Cunnington? I know this is probably oh, more... Like in, okay. No comment. Um, look, I'll go with the same answer I had with, with Jay-Z from a week or two ago, and I, I actually don't think it's been that bad. And I, I think the, the unfortunate thing is people sort of, they will um, compare it with years gone by. And that is that is hard because, as I've said in the last couple of weeks, is players can be found out. Players can be found to have a weakness. And finally, he may have been found to have that. But also, players can have a down patch. Do I rate him... Less. No, I don't. I still think he's extremely important. Um, but how have I read his year? Okay. In hindsight, yes, it's a down period. Yes, it's down compared to the last two years. But um, I really think that's... Oh, I wouldn't say it's a poor question or a poor answer, but um, you, you've got to look at also how the game has changed as well and or some of the rule so-called interpretation or more how young players are pushing on certain things. Uh what was the second part to the question? So that was the Cunnington part. Oh, the part. Jacobs part of it. Would that affect him seeing Cunnington might be doing a bit more of a defensive type role, like on Crips? Uh, I don't think so, because you're then sort of... You're looking at two players in isolation, and I really don't get that, because you're also looking... More so, you're looking at it as a unit, a defensive unit, or a defensive mid-unit, mid-unit, and, you know, the list goes on. Yep. So come down to two players, no, I don't think so. And I'm not a massive fan of either, but I'm also not a, the opposite, the, the, you know, like a an argent of, say, Sam Gibson. There's no way. I'm neither here nor there. Look, I rate all of the players. I think they're, they're excellent, um, apart from maybe one or two, who I think we should be delisted, you know, yesterday. But, um, and I'll say that week in, week out until it happens. And... Uh, no, no, I, I think it really comes down to a unit, you know, because it, after all, this is a team sport, and yes, you have your individual accomplishments within a game, but at the same time, you, you know, you win a game on, you know, units versus units, with defensive against, you know, forwards and this sort of thing, so I, I really don't think it comes down to one or two players. Yeah. So that's probably my answer. Good answer, so, too. It was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a hard question in any case. So we'll move straight on to some questions for Bond so he doesn't quite leave us. I know he's been pretty quiet thus far, so I apologise about that. That's all good. Good. So basically, what style of football do you expect on Friday night? 
I actually expect it to be a pretty fast-paced game. It's dry weather in Sydney, and both Sydney this year, especially more than previous years, and North Melbourne have shown potential to really score quite high in weeks, and with the SCG being a shorter ground, it's very easy to transition from defensive 50 to forward 50, so I expect both teams to at least get over 80 points, and I think it may become... It'll start off pretty quickly, but it'll become a bit of a slog at the end when teams tire out. Interesting. So I'll move straight on to a question about some of your youngsters. So Heaney, everyone knows and talks about, but the likes of Papley and Hewitt, maybe a bit of Zach Jones as well. How have you seen their year, and what type of players do you think they'll develop into? Well, Heaney, I believe, will eventually and hopefully move into the midfield. He was drafted as a midfielder, and when we've played him through the midfield, he's been really impressive. We've been using him... Similar to a third or second forward role, just because, well, he's really adept at landing on his feet when going for a mark, and he shows quite a bit of forward nails. Papley, he's been good this year. I think he's been a bit overrated by some posters, as he has been pretty inconsistent between matches, which is to be expected for a small forward in your first year. He isn't in our team at the moment. He'll drop last week, and he struggled a little bit with injury this week, which may have been the reason why he wasn't recalled. But he is... He was a really good rookie pick, and I think he'll be in our 22, maybe not... He'll be in and out of it this year, but he should become a mainstay over the years to come. Hewitt I really like, actually. I think he's had a better year than the other youngsters that we've brought through our side, except for Heaney's year, um, especially last weekend. He's a South Australian boy. We drafted him as a bottom major, and he's just come into the team this year. He's pretty good above his head, and... He's got some real smarts in traffic. Um, last week against Hawthorne, as I mentioned before, was his best game by far, and we're all really impressed by him. Thanks for that. So who else at yeah, Sydney, more so the mature players, have shown that they've actually gone up a step this season? Well, the two that really come to mind, the first is Dane Rampey. Um, I've always rated him, but his year this year has been exceptional. He, I believe he was best on ground for us last weekend, along with perhaps Tom Mitchell, who will be my other choice with his ability to show now he can actually use a lockdown role against Sam Mitchell last week. Really helped us get over the line. So that will be the two players who I believe have really improved. Especially Rampy. Rampy, he had a good year last year, so to have improved on that, that's quite a feat. Personally, I think Rampy will be leading our best and fairest right now. A few people on the Swans board may not agree with me, but he's been... I can't remember many off weeks from this year. He's been really consistent. It'll be probably between him and Hanbury when Hanbury. I know Hanbury's had one or two quieter games, but he's pretty consistent. Parker's had a few up and down games, but I can definitely see Rampy up there at least the top three or four. Yeah, definitely. Um, the fact that he can actually be a lockdown defender, uh, basically take number one or two forward most weeks and provide a rebound out of defence is exceptional. Is Exceeded all our expectations this year, and his biggest improvement would have to be his disposal. His kicking was a little bit iffy at times in previous years, but now he's probably our safest bet going out of the back line, and that includes McVay. Interesting. Anyway, we'll move on to a question about Vaughn. I have a guest from last year, <laughs> just to annoy her. So basically, <laughs> quiet. <laughs> Do you think Vaughn should sue Maccas for using her likeness, as well as her fondness for Luke Parker? I'm actually going to be honest, half the board actually thought that was Vaughn on the ad. <laughs> they definitely got inspiration from Vaughn. I was just really surprised she didn't say good looking. Instead, it was just Luke Parker. 
If she had said good looking, then it would have been flagrant copyright. <laughs> I know she's not happy about it. She's, she sent me a message about it. She's not very happy about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it that one. Um, so we'll move on to basically, in an overall sense, have you seen your teams rise this year? Who has impressed you in an overall sense and who's disappointed you for, for you this year about Sydney's season? Well, I think, um, the, I mentioned Rampy before. The other player who's really impressed me this season has been Kurt Tippett in his movement into the ruck. He's been one of our most consistent players this year, and I think we're actually getting a lot more value out of him up and down the ground as a ruckman than we were as getting him as a forward. And drafting Sinclair has allowed us to use that, but at the same time, my two biggest disappointments this year would have to be Callum Sinclair. Um, he gets into the right positions, and he shows some nice tap work at times, but... He can't hold a mark, and his kicking's a little bit wayward, which is a bit disappointing. And the other player, and I know he's come back from injury, but it's really taken him some time to find some form, has been Jared McVay. Usually I'm one of his biggest fans on the board, and I've defended him over and over again. But So does he play off half-back more nowadays, or you don't trust him in the midfield as much? No, we're playing him half-back just simply due to the fact that we've lost so many players from rebounding defenders over the last few years, especially with Shaw and Malchewski not being there. So we've kind of moved Jared McVeigh back into defense out of necessity. Personally, I think his best position is almost on the half-forward flank where he can use his disposal towards leading forwards. But we need to play him in defense at the moment. I just hope he finds a bit of the ball soon. We'll move straight on to the review of the Carlton game for North, so feel free to tune out for a little while if you'd like. So it's basically very much a professional win by North, which was and a good percentage boost, which is what we needed after the debacle that was the Essendon game. Goldstein was brilliant. He got about 15 of his dicks back, which was fantastic, as was Tarrant. Thomas started to regain some of his touch and form, which is pleasing, as he's been down on previous years in terms of goals. They were played a bit loose on him, as the commentators kept referring to. Uh, Defence and pressure acts were just outstanding for most of the match. Uh, Defence has been very good the last few weeks. It's been outstanding. So basically, what did you take at a quiz? I, I, I took a win. Uh, it was a pretty boring game, to be honest. Uh, it was nice to get a, a good win for once, um, to get some of that percentage back. Uh, Jack Zeeble continues his form. I'm actually paused, uh, league teams on right now so I can mention this. He's got career high stats for, average stats for 2016 in disposals, kicks, handballs, contested possessions, uncontested possessions, clearances and score involvements and it's pretty freaking incredible to be leading all those stats. Um, what else did I take out of it? Not much to be, to be honest. Um, this week is the real test and this is the one I've been hanging for so ask me the same question tomorrow and uh, next week and I can tell you what I took out of the game No worries anything else to add Nate or Jay-Z? I might just go before Jay-Z because I know he was at the game I wasn't I had to watch on replay as I was OS um, also the Goldie, Jay-Z and Taz um, sorry Goldie, Taz, Jay-Z probably in that order for my three three, two, one. Um, excellent game um, I was a bit of funny actually, and I actually had to Philly um, when I got back home, and I was at the VFL game about who the hell was Goldie actually up against because it seemed to be was it Rowe and a few other players, and I was like, Gorringe. yeah, and Gorringe, who I think once towed him up maybe at best, but other, you know, at, at another club. Halfway through the third quarter, I think Bryce Gibbs was leading the Carlton get out. Of the <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought, did 
actually, were, were they doing an Essendon where they actually didn't have a, a dedicated ruckman? Is that what they were? The f- what the fuck they were doing? No, he had a dedicated ruckman. He was just getting his pants pulled down. Yeah, pretty much. Gorringe didn't just when he went. He came from the Gold Coast, didn't he? So yeah, basically, that's right. he hasn't improved since then. He's kind of just stagnated. He's one of those similar to a Curry. He's he's all right dominating the second league, but he's just he's not quite ready for the first one, and he's a stay there. Well, it's career. funny you mentioned that Dan Curry's has been omitted from the Gold Coast side for this week, but anyway, I think that Curry's probably a fair bit better than, than Gorringe, but... Um, I would agree. Yeah, anyway, so, like, seriously, I actually thought, watching watching it on TV and on the TV replay, I was like, this is like the Essendon game or whoever else, where you go, I have no Ruckman, I'm just going to, you know, go around like a, a shitbag mullet or a stun mullet or whatever else, and this is just, you know, hit and hope and... Like a bit of um, just shit, really. That's it. Really looked pretty poor, and that's why I don't like Quiv. I don't think I can take much out of the game because, first of all, it's Carlton. Second of all, it was sixty odd points, and the third of all, North Melbourne don't belt side. So, again, I'll probably reiterate what what Quiv said, and that is, we'll wait for a real test, and that is Sydney, and then the next couple of weeks beyond that, or the next five weeks, actually. Okay. Anything else, JZ? Um, as much as you can be, given the limited opposition. That's not just the fact that we were playing Carlton, but the fact that they had a number of injuries out, um, as we did, obviously. But um, I think it was good to actually get the win that we've kind of been expecting for the last three weeks. Like, we played in St Kilda and Essendon, and those games were a lot closer than we were all hoping. Um, so it was good to get a, a good, solid win. Um, no stress. Nice percentage boost, all of that. Um Goldie was obviously terrific, even if he was up against uh, a VFL or a Neeful standard ruckman. Um, I thought our centre square matchups or um, structures looked a lot better, though that might have had to do with the fact that he was basically putting it down their throat. Um, mm. There was one passage where he palmed it down to, I, I think it was Del Santo, who hand passed it to McKenzie coming off a back flank who hit Brown on the tit, and the commentator said, That's what you do at training, and you're lucky if it comes off once every three weeks in the NFL. And we did like five <laughs> or six times. That's just like, you don't get those, that sort of play in the NFL, but we did last week because we were just killing it in the middle, which was nice to see. Um, we'll talk more probably in the preview about um, Wood in particular in terms of the, the, the team lineups, but I thought the return to the three tools worked really well for us, even if the three weren't that dominant themselves. I, I think, thought our forward line looked a bit better, um, and the pressure was better with, with a shorter forward line-up there. Well, it's interesting that you say that, because apparently they've just revealed the stats that they've kicked 57 goals between them. So that's it's not a bad effort considering. Oh, I know they've been terrific all year. They were they were a little bit quieter last week. Um, yeah, but they just gel well together. Like the, they, the three they of them play absolutely terrifically um, together, and there was a nice bit of vision on the the replay where they showed a, a few passages from behind the goals and showed how they all sort of ran out, then came back to the same spot about 25, 30 out, put a couple of blocks on, then all went their separate ways for their leads. And the commentator described it as, as organised chaos, and it, it just worked beautifully. It's, <laughs> it was yeah. really good. It's worked last year or two really well, but this year it just seems to... I think we are tinkering with it a little bit last year, early on, but I think we, got, we finally settled late last year, and that's why we started to put together some good yeah. form. It's interesting. Anyway, we'll move straight on to the preview. So 
I'll largely leave it to Quiv, though everyone else can just jump in whenever they like. So, basically, ins and outs, Quiv, if you got them there. I do, but I'll just close the tab accidentally. Give me one second. No worries. I can go through it if you want. Yeah, if you don't mind. Um, so it says here, um, for Sydney, no change, but that it also says in Harrison Marsh. And out Ted Richards due to concussion. That was a, um, a very bad-looking um, concussion. I did see that. Um, we do all wish him the best. Um, Bonds, hopefully you can tell us... Bonds, actually, do you know what what is the... Um, how many weeks he's likely to be out for, uh, Ted Richards? Well, they're actually saying earlier in the week he was a chance to play this week, so I think... He might only be out for this week and he'll come back. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind if he was in and out of the side for a little... If he was out of the side just to rest his head for a little bit longer, but I'll trust our medical staff on that one. Okay, no worries. Just with the North Melbourne side, and then just following on from that, so the ends are then Daniel Wells, Sam Wright, out Aaron Mullard omitted and Farron Ray omitted. I will admit that... Um, the inclusion of Darren, sorry, Darren, Daniel Wells. <laughs> Darren Wells, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Put me on the Channel 7 commentary team, please. Um, actually, no, I will have a question while we're waiting for Quiv. Um, back to oh, Bonds. I'm, I'm good. Uh, back to Bonds. How many times do you think the Channel 7 or Fox, or probably more Channel 7 commentary team, will mix up um, young Cunning, Cunningham with Ben Cunnington of North Melbourne? And we're talk, probably talking about, no, I don't know, Basil Zimbalist or whoever is a bit simple over at Channel 7. Throughout the entire yeah. night or per quarter? <sighs> Pick your own stat. Pick your line. You've won it. I'm going, on, I'm going on an average 10 times per night, two and a half times per quarter. The half will be when they change from cunning to no ham. <laughs> It'll happen. It will happen at least once in the match. Yeah, there will be a migration of names. Good. And this will be around half-time, I bet. Um, so, Quib, it's probably back over to you. Um, yeah, so you've obviously gone through the ins and outs. Um, oh, I don't know where to go from now. Um, oh, we'll go start with the emergencies, <laughs> and then we'll go through matchups. Okay, so emergencies, we've got Mason Wood, Matt Jack Dorr, and Aaron Mullet. I don't think either of them will play. Uh, any of them will play. we got, uh, is it Jack Hiscox? Um Nan Curvis. Nan Curvis. Yeah, I was trying to think of his first name. And Towers in for Sydney. I would imagine none of, neither of them will play either. Especially Towers after the Richmond thing. <clears throat> um, yeah, as I said earlier, I've been looking forward to this game. I think other than the second half of the Adelaide game, this is our, really, our first real test for the season. And it's going to show or prove if we're serious about the flag or not. Um, so did so you see there's key matchups. Uh, key matchups, stopping, uh, Buddy Franklin's the big one. Tippett's been playing well in the ruck, so that'll be a good battle between him and Goldstein. Isaac Heaney's just an absolute jet, so stopping him popping up, kicking some goals. His contested marking ability is just incredible. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for them, I guess they've got to try and stop our forwards. They, they're not tall down there. They're not exactly tall, and Ted, Ted Richards is a big out for them. Um, so if one of our forwards can start clunking some marks and kick straight, it uh, could go a very long way. Yep. Uh, in the midfield, uh, <laughs> the one big thing is uh, it's just a really good midfield battle, actually. There's no real standout in terms of who stands out more than the other. They're all, it's just going to be a brilliant head-to-head battle. It's going to be really, really good to watch. Good to hear. So we'll just ma- do the matchups for... The key forwards for Sydney. So who goes to Franklin? Uh, I think Scotty Thompson's got to follow 
Franklin around. I think Tippett's got to stay with uh, Tarrant's got to stay with Tippett, the bigger body um, and the height. Yeah, yeah. Tarrant's not fast enough to stick with uh, Franklin either, and I'd rather Tarrant for, uh, the last man in defence and Thompson these days as well. If you don't mind me cutting in there, actually, um, in all honesty, I think you might want the bigger body to perhaps go with. Franklin, if he's up forward, because Tippett's spending most of the time in the ruck, and our second forward for most of the year has been Sinclair, and he can get pushed off the ball quite easily. Yeah, well, Fredo um, smashed him last time against West Coast in that Hobart match. So I don't yeah. think we'll really have a set. I, I think it'll be a rotation between Tarrant and Thompson, depending on what they do. If, if Tippett goes forward, maybe Tarrant goes to him. While Tippett's in the ruck, Tippett probably rolls onto Franklin and Thompson tries to be that sort of third man up. Is there any chance that Ferrito could potentially go to Franklin? Maybe up the ground? Yeah, the only way would be if they said, you know, Thompson will follow him to about the 50 and then Ferrito will take him from the 50 up to the wing, but that'd be the only way. Yeah. Okay, because Franklin isn't, he's never been a. He's a better contested marking player than he was, but he still isn't brilliant now. So I look at Ferrito and actually think he'd almost be the type of matchup you'd almost push to Franklin. He gets him on the lead, that's the problem. Yeah, I wouldn't have him inside 50 on on Spud, but uh, up the ground certainly where he can sort of push him a little bit the other way. Anyway, so do you have a matchup? So who goes to Heaney? It's a good one. Um, I've got McDonald. But I know some people got other ideas like Wright or something like that. Yeah, Wright coming in is probably a good choice. Is McDonald quick enough or is good in the air to... I think defensively he's right, but the pace is a slight concern. But he's played on guys like Josh Green before. He's very quick. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Isaac Keeney is a tough one for anyone to match up on, really. So uh, it's not going to be an easy job for whoever is there. Uh, Sam Wright is probably, probably the choice. Yeah, I'd say right or Ferrito, I reckon. Ferrito. So, Cunningham... Well, is he's kind of small, but they don't have, other than the two obvious ones in, in Franklin and Tippett, um, or Sinclair, whoever's not in the ruck, they don't have a lot of tools, and, and Heaney's pretty good overhead, so I, I see the Ferrito or, or Wright taking that. Heaney's essentially been our second forward all year. Yeah. yeah so it sounds like with, Ferrito. Which is the kind of guy that Spud plays on, yeah. Either that or Sinclair at times, or Franklin up the ground. Anyway, it'll be a bit of a rotating team defence by the sound of it. So Cunningham, that'd probably be Atlee, so speed for speed, or McGlynn. I've seen that happen a few times over the years. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind seeing Atlee on Rowan. Nice. Um, nice I'm not Rowan. sure. I've been told that Rowan might be pushed to half-back, though. That's probably more of a Sydney board thing. Um, unlikely. I think we'll keep Rowan up forward. All right, so that'll probably be... I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlee then with him. And then... Maybe McDonald on a McGlynn. If McGlynn's staying a bit more forward. I hope, um, hope. Rowan plays half-forward because I think we've got more speed to cover him in the half-back line than we do in our half-forward line. Oh, yeah. True, very true. And they up by really quick half-backs really easily. Rowan's never been a brilliant rebounding defender. I, I find him... But he absolutely tore us to shreds in the prelim final a couple of years ago when he was playing half-back because none of us could catch him. None of our forwards could catch him. That's true. I still find... I think he's going to be a better option for us up forward this weekend. Yeah, you're, but, you're probably right. I'm just saying I, I think North would be pretty happy that he's not coming up half-back. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's about styles there more than anything else. Yeah. So, midfield... That's just going to be too much of a pain. <laughs> yeah. up. So like that, that'll change all night. Um, yeah. 
So we'll just do our forward line just to finish that off. So Grundy usually goes to Petrie. Labor I've usually seen go to Wait. Yeah. Like, Rampy might do it. Semi's I rate him as a better defender one on one. To be honest, I think Labor is a bit of a crab, but he's a useful crab. Oh, crab. He's a useful <laughs> crab. Let's just say that. How tall is uh, Rampy? Um, he's one ninety ish, isn't he? One eighty eight, I believe. But he's got a good leap on him, so yeah. But I'll sit into Wait. Wait's about one ninety three, one ninety four. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rampy will go to wait. We'll keep Grundy on Petri as that's the usual matchup. Yeah. We'll push Brown underneath the ball as much as he can. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I'm worried about the matchups in defence this week, losing Richards, and I'm a bit surprised we didn't bring in Alia for a bit more hype down back. We're pretty short, especially if you rest Goldstein up forward at any point of the night. The prospect of that terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, we did that against Carlton last week. Goldstein basically sat in the forward line for the third quarter on Wiedering and just pushed him around like he was a 12-year-old. I mean, he's only 18, but God, Wiedering looked terrible next to Goldstein. <laughs> well, if Goldstein goes up forward, I'm really, I think the only potential move would be would, we'd have to move Grundy onto him and that would move either Rampy or Baylor onto Petrie and Petrie should push them around as he's a fair bit bigger. He's just got to rob Peter to pay Paul there. It's a bit, bit tough. Exactly. Mm. So Smith will go to Thomas. Like that's happened for five years. That's never going to change. <laughs> um, McVeigh uh, probably might. He might sit on Harvey though. Zach Jones or maybe McGlynn might sit on Harvey. Not, I think I it'll be McGlynn or Cunningham who go to Harvey. Yeah, because I know they're named at half forward and forward, so they'll probably change what I'm looking at. Zach Jones probably just off one by resting mids. Nahas. Oh, Nahas, yes, come off the bench. Um, yeah, I see that definitely happening. So, basically, really, how do we shut down the halfback with Rampy Quiv? We mark the ball. Don't let him get it. Um, uh, it sounds oh, simple, but I reckon you're spot on. I think this game, obviously, to be a sort of a battle of the midfield, but whoever wins the midfield will get better forward 50 interest, and that'll change the halfback rebounding style a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot depends on Goldie's game as well. Yeah. In the sense that he needs to feed them and feed them well. We can't have them sharking our taps. If we, if they do that, we're not going to beat them contest to contest. I don't think nobody's going to be sharking much. It's going to be body on body all night in the midfield. It's going to be... I don't reckon it's going to be free-flowing at all. There's going to be a lot of stoppages, um, particularly around the bounce, centre bounce. Well, they're just yeah, I could see this being a, a bit of a repeat of the Bulldogs game, personally. A bit more of a contested slog, really. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it's just two, two bull-headed midfielders going at it. The it's ball's not going to come out easy. No, not at all. This is not the game that Harvey typically plays well in. I like to see Wells play maybe a bit more inside, because I know that's because his evasiveness is really needed on that type of ground. He's very important. He needs a big week, I think, Wells, in the sense, if we're going to win. Well, he was he was saved for this game. He, he surely could have played last week, but they they gave him. Oh, they said that, eh? They said, "Oh, yeah, he could have, but you know, I wasn't hundred percent." No, it was delivery. He was wait though. He was saved for this week. Yeah, it was all the fact happened. that he was in this week pretty much confirms that we were just making excuses to give him a rest last week. Like, there's no such thing as a two-week Achilles injury. Yeah, it's like crap. And he goes, "Oh, it's the other leg." <laughs> <laughs> Even more reason why there's no such thing as a two-week Achilles injury. Yeah, he was taking the piss. He, yeah, Daniel yeah. was taking the piss. Even Robo picked him up that he was taking the piss with that. Yeah. And so, then they asked Tom, 
uh, Thomas about it in his interview, and they're like, oh, oh no, he's fine. He'll be fine. No, he's, he's sweet. He's all good. He's all good, bro. So, anything to add, Bonds, for the game? No, I, I think it'll be a good match. Um, I still expect it. A lot of... I'm going to conflict with nearly everyone on the Swans board and probably the North board at the same time here. But I do think it'll actually be a pretty high-scoring affair, at least early on in the match. It might slow down a bit because I do think both teams will go pretty hard at each other like early on as well so team it may become a bit of a slog towards the end of the game as teams run out of legs but I feel as if if either team can break out of congestion with both midfields they're going to be able to really get the ball into the forward line pretty quickly this weekend. Anything else to add guys? No. Uh, I might have a question for all of you um, and it hasn't been asked yet the, the perennial the Perrier, the carriage nomination. I was getting up to that. I was just seeing if there's anything else to add to the actual game. We'll get to the carriage. Right, we'll get to the carriage then. So, you want to explain carriage to our guests, Nate? Well, so Bonds, we have a, um, a lovely thing over here at North Melbourne, which is basically a, a player who's pretty ordinary. We're not talking about someone who is, you know, a one or two game or a five game. Someone who's played a decent amount of games, who's not, you know, 18 or 19, who's not a green behind the ears. He's got a few years and quite a few games behind them, who is genuinely very ordinary. And they play very well against an opposition team. So, for example, over at Melbourne, they have the Kent Kingsley Award. For North Melbourne, we have the Kerridge, which is formerly the Perrier Award, because there was a guy, well, there was the Perry, and there was the, the Sam Kerridge at Adelaide, who's now at Carlton, used to always play maybe, I don't know, eight possessions, three goals, and, I don't know, 100 marks, and do very well and win the game for Adelaide against North Melbourne. Or, well, actually, no. What did he do for Carlton? He did, what, 30-odd possessions and shit out actually, this week. So, um, yeah, that's probably where we're going. Even the other one used to be Cam Pedersen for Melbourne against, well, North Melbourne to an extent, but that's also more because he was an ex-North Melbourne player. Um, but, yeah... So if you boys want to go on with it, no worries. I'm through the um, the nominations at the moment as we speak, so I'll get back to you on that. Okay, I'll have to have a look. Uh, I don't have as many spuds, so I'll have to. Um, probably Laidler. Probably twenty five possessions, ten marks for me. <laughs> Can I just ask Zach Jones, just because you know Zach Zach Jones? You know what's his name? His name from um, Fremantle. Is he any good? Because actually, no, I, I genuinely don't know who this is. Who is Zach, Zach? Zach Jones is the younger brother of Nathan Jones. Um, he's, we're d- basically trying to train him up to be our next rebounding defender, small um, rebounding defender. Um, he's pretty good. He takes a lot of risks, especially when he gets up and running. Um, so he can get caught in possession a few times or turn it over. But he's a young kid and he does show a bit of potential and he's hard at it. So he's one of the – everyone on Swans board seems to like him a fair bit. It's I mean, not his not, Cox or no, Towers. He's not, a, he's not a nomination then, because he's obviously no. he's far too young, young and, and inexperienced. So, so um, hit Grundy is cool. I don't know. There's a few, so you can pick maybe from Grundy, Laidler, Cunningham, and McGlynn and Sinclair. Well, see, McGlynn would be too easy because he's a reject of you know who. But then again, hit Grundy just purely because of the name, but also you know his last couple of seasons. Well, sorry. I've watched two thirds of his last season, so maybe I'd go with him. You mentioned Laidler. Uh, no, I go with McLean. I'll go with Heath Grundy. Right, Do I pick we... a North Melbourne player? 
Yeah, you can. You can do what you like. <laughs> I'm going Robin Nahas, Richmond reject, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to destroy us this weekend. I reckon he'll kick three. Three goals, too. You know what? You, Boz, you are all, I'll actually congratulate you there. You're the first opposition um, podcast supporter we've got on who actually understands this straight away. Yep. So when you, when you said Nahas, you're, you're right on the money, actually. Um, otherwise, you might say Brad McKenzie off the fullback pocket picked two goals and has maybe a couple of hit-outs and, I don't know, be the best on ground. McKenzie to keep Heaney quiet. That's a pretty big one. Oh, that would be massive. Low versus bar, yes. yes. But his, his yes, boot's yes. too good to waste on a purely lockdown roll. Frito <laughs> to kick free goals from halfback. <laughs> that was a bit oh. of Beavis troll. <laughs> what about Thompson to outscore Franklin? <laughs> oh, he came close one year to doing that. <laughs> he did. He held him scoreless and almost kicked a goal himself. <laughs> Actually, while we're on the subject of like fullbacks taking the piss, Nathan Grimer kicking the goal for North Melbourne when he was at North Melbourne, surely that was taking the piss. Now that that is the epitome of like the carriage. Now surely if that sort of shit happens. Um, Sydney should just forfeit the game if, I don't know, just if any defender like kicked a goal on them because you know Sydney are an excellent team um, across the board. So if that was to happen, you just go okay, walk off the park now and just fuck off. If you throw but, Robbie uh, Tarrant forward and he kicks goals, that's forfeiting the match for me right now. We do not need another tall in your fourth line. He's actually not a bad forward. He's just not a better any, defender. Yeah, he has kicked. And at one point I can see it happening, and that's why it scares me. His set shots let him down, didn't they? Um, a little bit. He was a big kick of the footy. Like, he can roost yeah. 70 metres. But he had no problem marking. No, and he's quick, this too. way. He was like, you know, with, he was like, you know, when you and I were at the game a couple of weeks back, and I, and I think we looked at each other, and he said, like, you know, if, if Zeeble's about 55 out, you know, he's nailed. He's, you just trust him. Yeah. Look at Andrew Swallow, 35 out, and you go, um... Oh, Maybe he might get this. Tarrant back sure in the day. Still look for a pass. <laughs> Even if it was full time and it was fucking game <laughs> Hashtag dead list. Um, yeah, Taz used to, you know, go the full hog. So oh, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, back in the day. But then again, we're talking about well, I don't know how many years ago that he really can roost it. Yeah, he kicked in the early days uh, last year, I think it was like round three against Port. He was playing fullback and wristed one from about 60. So the one where he stormed back to fullback, high-fiving everyone? Yeah, pretty much. much. <laughs> yeah, he twisted around, twisted around, picked it up, twisted around again, then kicked it from 55. And he just high-fived everyone. Did what Ted Richards did a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, actually. Exactly. <laughs> Very similar, yeah. Anything else to add, boys, before we finish up? Well, good. Good to hear. So we'll finish up there for tonight. So I'd like to thank Nate7 and Quiv, Jay-Z, for jumping on. Thanks, guys. No worries at all. And I'd like to thank Bonds for jumping on and giving us some very good opposition input. Thanks for that. No problem. Happy to be on. Thanks for that. And thanks for listening, guys and girls.